0: Welcome to Valley Talk. I'm your host, Heather Stark, and I am here with a special guest. He's been with us before. Jay Fisk, welcome.
1: Hello, Heather. I'm back one more time.
0: Yes. Well, I hope to get you back routinely. That's what I'm going for. Um, so we Keep bringing
1: donuts, and I'll come back on a regular basis. That, you know,
0: I, it's funny you fun. mentioned donuts, because I, you were eating some dinner a few minutes ago. Yes, I was. And I was going to eat dinner before I left to come here, mm-hmm. and... Ended up saying, nah, I'm not really that hungry. I'll just wait till I come home. But then in my car, this is, I'm such a bad person. I I can't believe that I'm going to admit this to the public. But I went to Trader Joe's and they have toffee. Right above their little freezer section. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that toffee is to die for. Yeah. And here I had this little package with this little hunk of toffee in it. Yeah. So that was that was my dinner. Was that That's what dinner? I had on the way over here. So I'm and gonna be on sugar
1: high. To, you didn't bring any in the studio to share.
0: Well it was only a little bit. Oh, so okay. I mean, come on. I'll, I'll remember that. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna deprive me of my you know, my little bit of toffee. But yeah, sugar and bacon, those are have, my two favorite food groups. Have you me. ever
1: had the salted caramel uh, chocolates from Costco? yes oh my gosh
0: they right. are so good oh oh yeah yeah i have to watch yeah, it because i yeah. really sugar, i love sugar i just yeah, love those sugar.
1: those are those are mm. but we digress no we don't this is how we're doing it <laughs> this, this is what we we're doing
0: <laughs> i'm sure there are a whole swarm yeah. of closet sugar addicts out there oh, I'm, yeah. I'm happy to report that they have finally debunked the whole notion of the sugar high Really? Yes. That no longer exists. It's scientifically disproven. And so all these moms that are out there telling their kids they can't have sugar because of the sugar high, wrong. Go do your research. There is no more sugar high. It's kind of like, remember the red M&Ms when we couldn't eat red
1: M&Ms? Yeah, that was because of the food coloring, I thought. Yeah, Wasn't that the food coloring But there's always
0: something. There's always something that some obscure study comes up with and says, oh, this is bad for you. And then the entire industrialized world gets on board with the evils of that particular yeah, food group
1: so so since you're headed down that rabbit hole about the uh, about, about the red &;M's yeah do you know what they used to color pink lemonade uh, before um, artificial food coloring was beet. available beet to- powdered beets you knew that
0: yes. Hey, excuse I, me, you're talking to an old hippie farm girl here. Okay. Okay, when you make your own lip balm, you put in the powdered ri- beetroot.
1: Uh, I had no idea. I yeah. thought I had I, I just stumped.
0: Well, and then you know the, um, the uh, has, uh, uh, okay,
1: I'm going to hold off for a second here. Well, apparently you walk in and completely messed up everything.
0: Okay, we had somebody walk in the studio, so I just kind of got <laughs> flustered there and had to stop and uh, yeah, take care of that. But okay. now we're back again, yes, and we are. Uh, we are talking. You were t- you were surprised about the powdered beetroot. People still I- use that for coloring.
1: I had no idea. I thought it was pink lemons.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's okay. a whole a whole subspecies yeah, of pink like, lemons. Yeah, like pink grapefruits.
1: You know where does pink grapefruit juice come from? Because we're pink grapefruits, right?
0: You know, okay. Here we go with another another tendril here of yeah. this conversation. My I, my daughter lives south of Portland, and she mm. has all these you know um, food groups that she goes to, right. and she orders the ugly produce and all that kind of stuff. And she was so excited last time I went down there because she wanted to give me a grapefruit, and I said, well. Okay, but, you know, why? And she said, these grapefruit are white. Well, that's all we used to get (laughs) was white grapefruit. that's true. But to her, she's she's never seen a white grapefruit. She's so used to seeing pink grapefruit. Yeah. Yeah, Not funny. So maybe the white grapefruit and the pink lemons, you know, maybe that's. Wow. Well, that's like, people don't want to use coloring in uh, cheese. You know, they, the purists. Right. And, but that, I used, now here again, old hippie, I used to make my own cheese. And that yellow coloring comes from annatto, which is a vegetable. It's a little vegetable powder.
1: Okay, so I'll take your word for so don't it. So
0: don't worry about...
1: I'll take your word for it, yeah. farmer. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Here, here I am. Okay. Farmer Heather. <laughs> There's probably at least
1: one other farmer in this valley, I'm guessing. Uh,
0: yeah. I'm, I'm not sure they all make cheese, though.
1: No, I, probably not. Yeah. I, yeah.
0: But, you know, let's talk about that for a minute. Because sure. one of the things that I support, I, you know, I, I decided, you mm-hmm. know, being the, the old hippie and the old fart that I've become, mm-hmm. that I don't want to support large things anymore. So, like, large charities... I don't, I you know, there, there's plenty of people supporting those. Yeah. I give my m- paltry little charity dollar right. to the small things, you know, like Maltby Food Bank, which is just a very small little group. Very it's not Northwest Harvest. Yep. It's just Maltby Food Bank. Yep. And there are others like that. And one of the ones that I support is the American Farmland Trust, which is pretty right. large, except it's not huge, huge. It's not multi-million dollar. And they are all about trying to preserve family-owned farms, the small farm. One of the things that I noticed is that the small farm has become, I suppose as a way of, of surviving kind of a boutique farm. you and we see this around here in this valley you know I mean very rarely do you have a small farm that's actually farming you have small farms that specialize in flowers or specialize in you know this product or that right. product. And I guess that's the way of the future. But anyway, so that's one of the things that I support is the American Farmland Trust because I feel so strongly that we need to keep things on a smaller scale. Well,
1: as you as you know, my my business is fundraising mm-hmm. for charities. Yeah. And oh, for
0: charities, darn! <laughs> I thought maybe you were going to offer me something. No. Here. no okay. Well, are you a five hundred
1: one c three? But my, you know, that's my business. And uh, you're one hundred percent right. There are major nonprofits that bring in. Money by the hundreds of thousands and millions and so forth. So, if you want to make a difference, although you can feel good by making a hundred dollar, mm-hmm. or two hundred fifty dollar, or five hundred dollar donation, you really kind of get lost in 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 the noise with everybody. We're mm-hmm. taking that same hundred, two fifty, five hundred dollars and. Guiding it towards a very deserving smaller nonprofit makes a bigger difference. It's sort of like, you know, do you want to be a small pebble in a large ocean, or would you like to be a big boulder in a small pond? Mm-hmm. And um, I think most people would rather be the big boulder dropped into a large in, into a small pond, make a much bigger much bigger ripple with their donation. So I'm
0: not sure how I feel about being called a big boulder in the <laughs> pond, but I'll, I'll I'll take you. Let me rephrase you. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. So anyway, the point is that. That uh, I encourage people that if they're going, if they are predisposed to give money, and they're in search of a place to give, give for two reasons: one to have an have an impact, obviously, and two to feel good about contributing, giving back. People should ever, all be looking for a way to give back. Find the smaller charity where mm-hmm. your contribution matches a matches the need. Yeah. Um, because- well, like, like
0: Acres of Diamonds and duva. I mean, they're very small. And, uh, you know, let's l- support local. Right. you know let's support local right. i i had a and there's no a, shortage of them either yeah no. and and they get swallowed up by the huge corporate ones and then somebody right. in new york city is deciding what uh you know what what the the uh, clients mm-hmm. of maltby food bank need to eat you know for the coming month i mean it, right. they just don't know and i see that with um, making donations you know you're talking about the 501c3s as right. as you know uh, valley radio is having an auction on october 6th yes, that we are. We Put it on your your calendar. Tickets should be available on the website. Now, what's later. the
1: date of that again? October sixth. That's a Sunday that would be afternoon. That first and Sunday, it's Sunday in October.
0: First Sunday in October. October sixth. And this is our second one. Last year was mm-hmm. great fun, and you, Jay, made it made it so much fun for us because you time? you were the auctioneer, and we had we just had some good times. So mm-hmm. we're hoping that this week or this year we'll we'll do just as well and have just as many uh, great memories. But one of the things that um, I was saying to Um, a person in another club with me. She happens to handle the huge corporate donations from Microsoft. Mm -hmm. And I said, why don't you take a little piece of it and instead of giving to these huge multi-million dollar organizations that already have so much, not that they're evil, not that they're not doing good stuff, but why Mm -hmm. don't you focus a, a, a chunk of that, just a percentage of that, on local, small, local charities and she said, oh, well, we can't do that. <laughs> I said, oh. why not? And she said, well, we just give too much. We have to have an organization that can handle it all. I said, well, but if you're only giving a little pe- No, she didn't see any value in that whatsoever. Really? I was really dismayed by that.
1: Yeah, that is, that's that's un- that's unfortunate. Really, yeah. it, it's almost more about the corporate ego than it is about the good. They hmm. should. You can focus an awful lot of... Of good and do an awful lot of change on the small level. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can imagine. A, I mean, I just was involved in an event on Sunday that raised over eleven million dollars. Wow! And um, and and it'll probably grow considerably higher than that. It mm-hmm. was raising money for uh, uh, uncompensated care at Children's Hospital, which is very you know very important yeah. cause. I mean, kids Absolutely. with kids with brain tumors and so forth. You know, their families mm-hmm. need a lot of help. I'm not saying the cause is it's a wonderful cause, but eleven million dollars spread over I don't know a hundred small nonprofits. Yes, you know would make a huge impact on an awful lot of people. Exactly. And so, uh, and I know that Microsoft, uh, like Amazon, uh, like all the other major companies, Boeing and so forth, they have employer matching uh, money. Mm-hmm. And so, if an employee uh, gives to a legitimate five hundred one c three regardless of size if it's a legitimate 51c3 then Microsoft and the other biggies will uh, will match that dollar for dollar so if there's someone listening that works for you know an Amazon or a Microsoft or Starbucks Boeing or whatever um, and you do give to to a local charity pick a local charity where your where your donation is going to have a bigger impact mm-hmm. and remember to to let that charity give you an extra receipt so that you can put it through your company HR department and get mm-hmm. that money matched. Yeah, is that two hundred fifty dollar donation becomes worth five hundred, or the five hundred becomes mm-hmm. worth a thousand, and that's a big thing for a small for a small charity.
0: It is, and I so. think that um, for me, and again, you know, maybe this is just my old codgerhood, but as things grow, as these bureaucracies become larger and larger, I think they do lose effic- efficiency. They lose their effectiveness, mm-hmm. and. Somebody is end, ending up making decisions that doesn't know anything about really what's happening on the front lines. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my prejudice against these huge corporate donations. I mean, the one you mentioned with the uncompensated care yeah. at um, uh, Children's, obviously that's a very good one. But there's plenty of corporations and there's plenty of big spenders that are giving to those. Right. You have the smaller ones that are doing a good, some good stuff. And it's neighbor helping neighbor. And so that's that's my thing. So I, I just yeah. think that, you know, for my little paltry, I don't have $11 million to donate, but for my paltry little contributions, I look for the smaller local organizations to, you know, send my little check
1: to. I wonder if we'd get any feedback from any listeners from who they like to give to.
0: Sure, that would be fun. Okay. How and would they
1: send feedback on something like that?
0: Well, they can email me, heather.stark at valley1049.org. Mm-hmm. So the only dot is the one before the org. Heather at valley1049.org. I guess there's two dots. There's one. Two dots. Yeah. yeah two dots. Okay. Fine. It confused me.
1: You have the Heather dot. There's uh, a dot yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. The, there's I'll, I'll the count that, one yeah. before the dot. Yeah, thank org. you. Thank you, Jay. So
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> heather.stark at valley1049.org. And let us know, where do you like to give yeah. your charitable dollars? And I know a lot of people will give through their company. You right. know, whatever the company is, is deciding to back, that's what they'll do. And, you know, one of the things that I think is really good for, for being the old, you know, grumpy codger here. I mean, I must say I give Amazon props. Because I belong to several organizations who do the Amazon Smile, mm-hmm. and we don't get well here at Valley uh, Radio. We also belong to the the um, uh, Amazon Smile thing, right. and right. we don't get huge dollar amounts every time, but we get something, and every little bit helps. So.
1: And you're starting to see uh, the Roundup technique a lot now in the stores. What's that? Uh, well, that's where if your bill comes to. $9.22, oh. you're asked, would you be willing to round it up to yeah. the nearest dollar? So and you I, said
0: round up. I picture cowboys and yeah, <laughs> cowboy hats, cowboy ra- boots,
1: horses. Rounding up your, <laughs> your purchase to the nearest to the nearest dollar. Mm-hmm. We we actually, in my auction software, which is my other life, um, we built a roundup feature into the software. So now when people check in for the charity auction, uh, we ask them right at the check-in, we hand them their bid number. One of the first questions we give them after we give them their bid number is we'll say, tonight, if you're one of our successful bidders, may we round you up to the nearest $100 as an additional donation. And we get nearly 90% of the people that check into these auctions agree to that. Wow. Now, they're not the 90% aren't all successful bidders, mm-hmm. but they've all agreed to that. And so it's a very sure. simple thing to ask. And yeah. um, it's kind of a nice way to make a little extra contribution. Well, you you can tell
0: stri- the difference between us. You you work
1: with the big bucks.
0: <laughs> I work with the how much change do I have in my piggy bank bank this week? You round it up to uh, the next hundred. I'm thinking, oh, round it to the next dollar. Well,
1: you know, if somebody's spending eight hundred and twenty-two dollars. What's the difference if they go to nine hundred dollars? You know, exactly. so it's a, it's another seventy-eight dollars. But it's uh, I think I did that math right in my head, and that's you know, it's just a donation for them. Yeah. I was going to suggest Heather. Uh, can I inject something that has nothing to do with what we were, well it has everything to do with what we we're just talking about?
0: Sure, let, let me think about do, it. Where Get back gonna to go. you. No, of course you can. Okay, um,
1: I am uh, as you're aware. I'm going to be starting to do uh, a little series of shows on fundraising, mm-hmm. and I would love to know if there's anyone out there that has questions on how to raise more money. Uh, what sort of questions would you have? If you have a nonprofit or a favorite mm-hmm. school or something like that, and you're trying to raise some money, what sort of questions would you have? Because those are the types of questions I eventually want to be able to field on my little mm-hmm. short snippet uh, shows that all I'm going to start doing here before So tomorrow.
0: you're doing your research right now.
1: I'm doing my research right now. Oh, okay. I want to know what's, you know, what, you know, we
0: could charge you for that. <laughs> you could
1: charge me for that. We you won't. won't. <laughs> we won't. No, you yeah. won't.
0: Since you're going to turn it into a show right here. But yeah. I think that's good because, you know, I mean, look at how many times, even if it's not an organization that will be around forever, yeah. um, you know, oftentimes somebody has a child that, you know, they're trying, you know, the GoFundMe type things right. where it's right. a one-shot deal. But people don't know how to go ask for money. Right. And GoFundMe is a great idea, but, it's marginally successful. You really have to know how to work it, and you really have to well, you know, the, to really get anything from that.
1: The biggest problem with the GoFundMe is that it's cumbersome to use it. It requires mm-hmm. people to go to a website, and by the time they remember to go to the website and go wade through all of that, uh, there's a lot of donations that never make it all the way. Yeah, the no. Good intentions turn into too cumbersome uh, yeah. of a process to complete the transaction, mm-hmm. um, but I have some ideas on how to... On how to um, how to fix that, so that if wow. someone's interested, let me I know. I think now,
0: see that would be an interesting show. I think I, I you can know.
1: show them how to take about four of those steps out and bring it down to one or two steps.
0: That's great.
1: So, so there we go. Future show. Go
0: fund us. <laughs> we <can do> that. <laughs> By Jay Fisk, go fund we us. Can do that. <laughs> That's all a name right. for your show, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that. Well, I think you know, especially as we move into the fall, because right. typically people, I mean, I I know the tax situation has changed a little bit for most folks with their contributions and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But nevertheless, we still tend to think of before the end of the year making whatever donations we're going to make. And I think that we all start getting those letters. We all start getting right. the the calls. But I think. That with the GoFundMe, unless I really know, you know, someone, you know, in New York or whatever, who that, that I know personally who says, "Hey, go to this one," I'm yep. really reluctant to give any money there because like, you never know. You never you know? know what's behind it. That's yeah. Exactly right. yeah, and and it, and everything is so scammy. And there's there's and I don't hour. think
1: there's any real vetting on uh, GoFundMe in terms of a, a real nonprofit either.
0: No. I, anybody I think can do. Anything. I
1: could just say, you know, what, I'm going on vacation next month, I've started a mm-hmm. GoFundMe account. This is send Jay to Alaska, uh, and if you, you know, do enough, uh, we'll bring him back.
0: Well, I I would love to participate in that if you help me with my let's get this lady a facelift GoFundMe. You know, I mean, I think really, seriously, I mean, I have thought long and hard about, you know, how they, they put the jars at the end of the counter at the grocery yeah. store with the pathetic picture of the dog on it or whatever. Please, you know, with the done. And I'm thinking, you know, I could just put my face on there and, you know, really, seriously, contribute to this lady's fund, you know. For I'm not her.
1: saying anything here because it's going to get me You're, in a, trouble, wise so You're
0: w- <laughs> a wise man. I'm just going to shut up. A wise man. No matter how you respond yeah, to that right. you're in, I'm trouble. in trouble no matter what
1: <laughs>
0: well <Zip> listen <laughs> I, I, I i you know we're having so much fun i've forgotten to look at the clock but i think we need to take a break okay and i think we need to do that right about now All right. and so let's let's think let's give two or three minutes of thought as to what it is that we're going to talk about next in the next segment jay
1: sure why not
0: okay let's okay. give a little <laughs> thought as opposed okay. to this first segment which by the way worked out pretty well i think Yeah, not bad. Okay. All right. Good. I'm Heather Stark. I'm here with Jay Fisk, giving him a hard time, but that's kind of like what I do in life is to give people a hard time when I can. And you are listening to Valley Talk on Valley 104.9 FM.
1: Remember to join us at 1 p.m. on Sunday for Animal Radio. Animal Radio is America's most listened to pet show. The nearly two-hour celebration of our pets is hosted by veterinaire talent Al Abrams and Judy Francis. So tune in, 1 p.m. Sunday, Animal Radio. Where else are you going to hear Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, Genesis, Joe Cocker, Bjork, 10 and other interesting music other than Equinox on Friday evenings with Ian and John, right here on Valley 104.9.
0: Welcome back to Valley Talk. I'm Heather Stark here with Jay Fisk. We are your hosts for this evening, and we're just kind of having an, a lazy summer conversation right now, Jay. Yeah. We talked a lot about... I th- Actually, I think our conversation on, on charitable giving was a pretty good one. That was. And I want to give another plug for your show, because you're working on doing a series of shows for us. I am. On giving to... On
1: fundraising. Fundraising. All, fun, all topics fundraising. Nothing okay. is off the table if you are looking to raise money or you're involved in a fundraiser mm-hmm. or your school you're on your auction committee for your school or your you know your club or mm-hmm. yeah, if you're in charge of raising money i've been at this for 30 years i can probably give you mm-hmm. some guidance you can send me your questions to j.fisk at valley no, 104.9 no no it's valley 1049.org <laughs> valley 1049.org yeah. yes did i just say that right Yes. It's J-A-Y uh-huh. dot F-I-S-K-E at Valley 104.9. No,
0: no. <laughs> you put too many points in there. <laughs> there's a point between your name and then there's oh. a point before the okay, org. Okay, so, so what so. is the point? Either, J- why did not you just do it? It's J.Fisk <laughs> at Valley 104.9 org. There we go. There's no only
1: two dots. Two dots. Yep. Okay. One
0: before the org and one between the names. All right. So young. yeah, and I am gonna be uh, eager to see you know, Yeah. gonna so come in.
1: My my plan is to is to break this into ten or fifteen minute mm-hmm. shows, a little quick you know, yeah. quick quick shots. And I'll cover a topic on in each each one, one or yeah. two topics in each one. And one might be how to get items without cold calling. Another might be how to fill mm-hmm. your room with like, well, I lovingly like to call bidders not eaters. Huh. Uh, you know how to uh, provide revenue enhancing elements to your event. You think mm-hmm. you're going to make fifty thousand? I'll show you how to make seventy five. Whoa! You know that okay. that kind of thing.
0: Well, I could get a facelift with that. <laughs>
1: yes, I mean, could. I think
0: we could. You know,
1: turn yourself into a nonprofit. You become we go. a five hundred one c three.
0: I've pretty much been a nonprofit my <laughs> whole life. I may as well be official here. But. Well, Anyway,
1: so that's the plan, and okay. I'm uh, I'm going to probably start recording in the next couple of weeks, and you know we'll see where it goes.
0: Perfect, perfect. Because I mean, I don't think I don't know of anybody who doesn't do something for everybody's a, connected. to somebody. Everybody's connected to some right. favorite charity right. or favorite, uh, you know, um, organization that does something that's that warms all of our hearts. So and
1: remember, we're 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 wanting you to support smaller charities, not bigger ones.
0: Well, that's what not I. There's want. anything
1: wrong with supporting bigger mm-hmm. charities? If you're capable, please do it. But the small ones need your love.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the, the small ones that are local. You know, I right. mean, this happened to me years ago. I used to, just because I wanted to, I would, when Nordstrom's and Macy's was locally owned,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I called them up and I said, it's Mother's Day. And what's worse than being in a domestic violence, sh- than being in a domestic violence shelter? Right. Being there on Mother's Day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I said, I want to just bring them Mother's Day presents. Yeah both of those stores gave me contributions for years. I mean, nice, nice things, you know, makeup, and nylon stockings, and you know, I mean, one time they had uh, clocks from one of the makeup companies, and I mean, whole bags, you know, and I would Great just idea. drop them over to Great the, head, you yeah. know, but then as soon as they became corporate-owned, and they weren't local anymore, then I couldn't get any donations because I'm not a 501c3, yeah. and even if I were, they're not, those decisions aren't made locally. They're referred to some corporate office, right, right. which is making the decisions based on what kind of publicity they're going to get, what kind of and a lot of that is just
1: a lot of that is just an easy way for the local person to say no. Exactly. You know, people don't like to say no. what they want to do is is say not my not my decision. Yeah, not my decision feels better than than no. What they're really thinking is no. But mm-hmm. they don't want to say no, so they say, "Ah, oh, mm-hmm. it's not my decision." You know, you got to send a letter through corporate, or you, got, yeah. you know, we've already given all of our money this year. You know, get us the beginning of the year. You know, mm-hmm. there's a thousand excuses, oh, all yeah. of which mean no. Yeah, exactly. And so you have to get around the no, and that's one of the things that I taught. We'll be talking about on the show is how do you get around the no? How do you turn no's to yes? Mm-hmm. How do you avoid hearing no in the first place? How will you? How do you get to yes? right out of the right Well, one of the
0: shirt, ways so. that I always ask, for, you know, like for, we mentioned our, our auction for mm-hmm. Valley 104.9 that's coming up October 6th. Yeah. That would be the um, first Sunday in October. That right? would be the first, yes, And we exactly. want people to put that on their calendar, don't we? Yeah, October 6th, mm-hmm. yeah. And tickets available on the website right. shortly. Um, but one of the things that we have to do is we have to ask merchants and, you know, mm-hmm. we need people to make donations so that we mm-hmm. have things to auction off. And I always go to the stores that I use, that I patronize. That's right. And I'll wait if I'm in the grocery store asking for a donation. I pay for my bags of groceries, and I have them in my cart. And then I walk over to the with my cart to the guy who makes that decision, and I say. I'm one of your customers, and you know, can you donate something here?
1: Well, you just pointed out one of my little secret weapons right there. That's exactly. Oh, it's what, not a secret but anymore. That's okay. No, and, <laughs> and uh, well, I get asked all the time, "What is? What's the best way to get restaurant certificates?" You know, because people mm-hmm. like to use the restaurant certificates. We do restaurant frenzy, or they mm-hmm. put them on giving trees, or they put them in, yeah. you know, you put them in balloon pops, all that sort of thing. So, getting restaurants are really good items for auctions, but people are reluctant to go into a restaurant and ask for one because you know they they, they get turned down so my secret little secret weapon we kind of alluded to it is wait until you go to eat at that restaurant mm-hmm. bring a procurement form with you right yeah when you're paying your bill when the bill is being paid ask the waiter to please bring over the manager whoever is on duty and of course the mm-hmm. mater the waiter is going to immediately think they did something wrong <laughs> so smile you nicely say, when was well, everything okay you know and, yeah. and you say you know so biff the waiter you just say you know biff uh no, no. I just want to compliment. Uh, I want to compliment you to the, mm-hmm. to the manager on the wonderful service that you've given us tonight, and also let him know how wonderful the food was. I want to be able to, to, um, you know, to, to to say that personally to the manager. Would you get the manager for me? And of course, the, uh, the waiter. Breaks a speed record getting into the back room to find the, the <laughs> yeah. manager. Somebody man- wants to
0: say something nice. manager toddles out, you know, is
1: everything okay? Everything's great. You know, yeah. we just had a wonderful meal. And, mm-hmm. you know, Biff, our waiter, was fabulous. And and uh, we just uh, – we, we would love to feature your restaurant in our upcoming auction so that we can tell everybody how wonderful the service is here and the food is. Would you be willing to donate dinner for four, you know, that we mm-hmm. can put into our auction? As you're paying the bill, it's nearly impossible for them to turn you down. Yeah, nearly you'll have almost a one hundred percent yes if you ask at that point in time. And as you mentioned, it's because you, you're patronizing them. Mm-hmm. You're not just someone off the street looking for a handout, but you're someone that's actually willing to give back to them for them. Exactly. Take care of you. So anyway, so what do you think we ought to do? Go on vacation?
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for for moving this along because I could talk about this all day, and I'm sure you could too. But yeah, you know, we're coming up on the end of summer. And I had a really nice vacation in June. I took about, well, I took 16 days and drove across Canada. And then I wanted to go into the Maritime Provinces because I haven't been there for a while, but I didn't because I was running out of time. So I dropped down into Vermont, which, by the way, if you ever find Ben and Jerry's, toffee break ice cream get it it's <laughs> heavenly we don't have it out here yet i hope we do someday but anyway so went down into it's vermont it's better than cherry garcia oh yeah okay it is it really right. is and i right. didn't think i would ever say that but yeah right. okay um and uh, then worked my way back and i have i grew up in ohio so mm-hmm. i still have friends and family there mm-hmm. and uh extended you know distant family, but their family. And uh, so I swung by uh, my friends and family in Ohio and then uh, got on the road and just headed on back. So I spent oh. 16 days on a road trip. Love it. And yeah, so that was my fun vacation. And then I'm going to Italy in November, first week in November. But I'm starting to get itchy feet. I want to do something next month. I'm thinking of like a mini road trip.
1: Well, take three or four days, you know, get a VRBO somewhere. Just uh, do a little three or four day thing. Go to, uh, go up to, uh, I don't know, uh, Vancouver or go over. You know, well, I
0: want I, I, that, to, yeah, that's a Bamp thought. I was thinking like I that. have, I've never, I've been in every state. Um, I've been in almost every province. Mm-hmm. I haven't been in the Northwest Territories. Um, but I was thinking, you know, I've been in every state, but I haven't been to the Grand Canyon. I haven't been to Arches National Park. So I was thinking September might be a good time because the heat, shouldn't be quite so bad yes
1: i think grand canyon in september would be wonderful
0: yeah so i'm thinking about either that or when i went up to canada my mom was born in leduc alberta and uh she her her father died when she was 13 and i thought yeah maybe i can find his grave and take a picture of it Mm. and you know i'm trying to put stuff together for my kids and and wasn't able to because the department of public records was closed on monday which is the day i was going through so i keep thinking i got a couple cousins still up there and i was thinking maybe i could do that just go on back and and go to the leduc cemetery and look at my because i have his key to the city of leduc Mm -hmm. and he died like in the 1930s you know so that's cool so i've got a couple possibilities what about you 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 travel all the time well see
1: that's part of the problem heather because i travel so much for business i mean i you know i I've been known to work in the Bahamas and Grand Cayman and, Ooh, you know, like and that. Cancun and all over Canada mm-hmm. and back and forth. I'm in Palm Desert constantly. Mm-hmm. I'll be in San Diego in L.A. and Beverly Hills in September uh, doing back-to-back events down there. So I travel for work. And when it comes time for vacation, my tendency is to not travel.
0: Mm-hmm. My
1: tendency is to you do— You like the staycation thing. St- yeah, kind of stay local somewhere go someplace stay for a couple of days one of the things that i've really wanted to do i've had it on my agenda for three years to do and all three years something's come up and that's to take a take my motorcycle and and ride to uh to south dakota i would like to go see mount rushmore and i want to do it by motorcycle have
0: you not been there
1: north dakota and south dakota are the only two states i've never been to i've been to every state except north dakota and south dakota and I've actually worked, believe it or not. I like got the other day. I've worked in all states except eight. Wow! <laughs> so I got look at that the other day. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I've really been all over the country." But, but no, I haven't been to North Dakota and South Dakota. I even worked. I did an auction at Yellowstone Park in the mm. in the uh, Old Faithful Lodge. Now, how's oh, that gorgeous. for obscure? But that was for the International Log Builders Association. They did their convention. The people that built log houses, they did yeah. their convention in Yellowstone. Well, of course, so, old
0: Yellowstone, I mean, it, it is logs. Yeah, I mean, exactly, logs. From so, 20s so, 30s. so
1: I'm a little bit jaded in the sense that I travel so much for business that it's hard for me to get excited about mm-hmm. traveling for vacation. But something like taking, getting, hopping on my motorcycle and, mm-hmm. and going to North Dakota and South Dakota... And you know, taking a, a selfie in front of uh, Mount Rushmore, I think that's kind. Of... And three years ago, I was ready to go, and that was mm-hmm. a year of my actually two years ago I was going to go, and then my daughter ended up getting a job and at, um, at uh, Yosemite. So I, you know, that my time mm-hmm. that I would have gone, I drove her car with her down to Yosemite. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that blew that. Then last year, I don't know what happened, something. Oh, shoot, came back last year. And then this year <laughs> my they house. They always come back, right? don't they? And, then, <laughs> and then this year my house is on the market, so mm-hmm. I couldn't leave while my house is on the market. So I, I just, but that's going to be my dream vacation is to take about 10 days. Uh, no, not try and go long distances any day, mm-hmm. any particular day. Maybe, you know, first day Eastern Washington, uh, second day Montana, third day, you know. Somewhere out that direction, maybe get mm-hmm. North Dakota, South Dakota in a couple of days, and then come back by way of Yellowstone and take oh, like ten days. And you've been to Yellowstone, though, right? I have, yeah. yeah but I thought did. it'd be fun to see it on by motorcycle.
0: You should go to. You, I love Yellowstone. I try to get to Yellowstone, Mount Rushmore, I, you know, I'm, uh, Custer's last yeah. stand. You know, I try to get to all those at least every three years because they always change. And you know, I mean, they're 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 developing them and they're building them and they're. I mean, it's just I just love that. Yeah. And I also try to go to Montana to Glacier National Park because that is also stunning. So that you've just described one of my favorite vacations. Oh, you and you can do that's like two days away from here.
1: And you've been to Monument, I'm sure mm-hmm. you've been to Monument. And yeah, all that, you know. So yeah. lots of places to go. Yeah. Uh, you know, Beautiful. I,
0: you know, I I think that so many people think of international travel when they think of traveling and I know I mean when we were kids I mean your family would pile in the car and you that's how you did a vacation I mean you couldn't afford airplane trips and everything but we've gotten away from that and I think that you know my kids because they're my kids no road trips Um, but I know a lot of people you know uh, the younger people especially they don't do road trips and and you miss so much just going there's from point so A to, to point to B. I mean... Oh, and the people are so nice. You'll
1: never run out of things to do if you just take road trips in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just every, every town, something unique. Yeah. Um, I, I've also I spent three years in Germany in the service, so I traveled all around Europe. You know, mm-hmm. it was one of those one-weekend... Home next weekend. I think I'll go to Switzerland this weekend. You know, one yeah. home. following weekend. I think I'll go to the Netherlands this weekend. You know, so I was pretty spoiled for three years yeah. over in Europe. So I don't have a, I have no need to go back to Europe. And I've done mm-hmm. the Orient thing. And yeah. uh, so I think my next trip is going to be that motorcycle trip. Did New Zealand and Australia. I'm sorry. Have you done New Zealand? I have and not Australia? been New Zealand or, Stra- oh, or Australia. Oh, you gotta I go to New Zealand. I would do that. I would do that. And I also would like to go to Bali. Yes. I think it'd be fun to go Oh, gosh, yeah. And Fiji, I'd like to go to Fiji, too. Yeah, that would be... Those... I wouldn't say they're on my bucket list, but they would certainly be on my pale list, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. If I had a chance to go, I would probably do that. Yeah. But not until I go to North Dakota and South Dakota. I've got to get those last two states in. Well, you
0: could do that. You could do that next week.
1: I could, I could actually do that. I might do that next week. I think you just inspired me. Maybe yeah.
0: I'll oh my gosh, I'm insp- I'm an inspiration. Oh my gosh, I've been waiting my whole life. No, for see, that. I can't
1: because my house is for sale. So I mean, your
0: I, house is going to be for sale in a week, whether you go to South Dakota or not.
1: Yeah, that's probably true.
0: Yeah, that's And and true. it's not like yeah. you're leaving for a month.
1: No, that's true. I, you know, I do have some time. My first, uh, mm. my first thing is on September 10th. So. That's a perfect, little trip on September 10th. So maybe I can take uh, come back on the 8th, you know, leave leave uh, yeah. around the 30th and come back. Well, on and the,
0: what yeah. I always like to do with those trips in particular is um, to if you wait until like the 1st of September, mm-hmm. schools pretty much back in session, the yeah. heavy summer crowds are pretty much gone cuz the other thing that you need to do is Yellowstone in the winter. Oh my gosh, really? that's a whole different experience.
1: Just but a whole- not by my motorcycle. I'm, nah, not, not, I'm not riding a motorcycle not. during the winter. I don't do I that. mean, you
0: could get there on your motorcycle, but you know, yeah, it depends yes. on how cold you I'm, want to be.
1: I'm a little, I'm, I don't have heated seats. <laughs> I
0: always wanted to take the train. You know, there's a train, I don't know if they still do this, but a train uh, that goes up to Glacier National Park. Oh, that'd be fun. That would be fun, wouldn't it? And
1: that? by the way, train trips are great. That's that's another thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, hop on an Amtrak and and go down the coast to towards L.A. or yeah. go across to Chicago. You can take Amtrak to Chicago. That's a fun thing too. Mm-hmm. Let somebody else drive you, sit on the train, and kind of relive that cross country from the ground rather than yeah. flying by airplane.
0: Well, it, so. I took the I took a train when I was in second grade, <laughs> and then I took an Amtrak down to Portland a couple of years ago. Yeah. And it is fun. I it mean, you fun. just get to sit there and watch the scenery go by, and you get up and walk around. And, yeah, exactly. You know, I I don't know about the overnight things though. I mean, do they, I know that they have sometimes have, they have, have the ways all kind of sleep, but I'm I'm too spoiled to be trying to sleep sitting up in a chair at the stage. But I home. think it would
1: be fun not to buy a tr- not to buy a, a ticket all the way to Chicago, but to buy a ticket to where it goes the first day, and then stay in a hotel and then pick it up the next day or whenever it comes through yeah. again and then go to the next leg the second day.
0: Yeah, that would and stay be in a
1: hotel. So that way you're not on it for two or three days, but you're on it really mm-hmm. for one day at a time and mm-hmm. stop in between. Wouldn't that be fun? I, that to figure, would be fun. To yeah. figure where where are they going to stop at the end of the first day, you know, or where are yeah. they going to be when it gets dark and get off at that yeah. okay, well we're going to be yeah. in uh Montana, we're going to be in Missoula, you know, by five yeah. PM. Okay, great. Well I find a hotel in Missoula and when I get to Missoula I'm getting off. Yeah. You know.
0: Uh, the the other thing about that is that if you do get off, you get a chance to talk to the people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have never been on a road trip where I haven't found wonderful people to talk with. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember taking us two back from the East Coast back here to to the Seattle area, and stopping in um, Minnesota. You know, up in the and the northern panhandle of Michigan, and they were all logging. I mean, a hundred years ago, those were all logging and mining places, and old old families you know that right. are there and of course the mines have long played out and you know the Paul Bunyan statues are still there and everything but the the people are so warm and welcoming and it's just everyday kind of people it's not big fancy schmancy people and i remember you know just pulling into this little antique shop because i always say i have a three-hour rear end you know i mean every
1: every three hours i have
0: to stop and you know i traveled with my dog a lot you know in the last few years and and uh, as she got older somebody said well do you have to stop a lot and i said yeah she has three-hour kidneys i have a three-hour rear end so it works you know but i remember just stopping at this little shop and An hour later, I'm still conversing with this lady. I mean, it was like my sister, we're hugging each other when we say goodbye, you know, I mean.
1: And she's thinking, when's this lady going to leave? I got to get back to work.
0: (laughs) I don't know who that woman was.
1: I (laughs) just blew an hour of my, my work day here.
0: I know. Well, that's it. You know, I mean, I've always been criticized for talking too much. And then when I took the first time I went to Ireland, I got off that airplane and I thought, "Oh my gosh, I have found my people! I've found them. They're all talkers." Mm. So, have you been to Ireland?
1: No, I've been to Scotland.
0: Ah, oh, see, I haven't oh been to Scotland. Gosh, yet. I, I,
1: I, I can't tell you about the trip to Scotland unless the statute of limitations has run out. Uh, that was when I was in the military, and uh-huh. uh, <laughs> we, 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 we did a training flight from. From uh, Germany.
0: This was for the golf thing?
1: To Scotland. This was the, Yeah, I told you about that. The golf yeah. weekend, Labor Day weekend. Uh-huh. Labor Day weekend, yeah. Thank you very much, Uncle Sam, for uh, sending me to Scotland to play yeah. golf for three days. And if days. you're in the
0: military right now, uh-uh. Can't do it anymore. Yeah, but, don't know, think you're going to na- get away with that. Back in
1: 1972, we could get away with things wow, like that. Wow, 72. It was 72, 1972. I, of course, 72. was
0: still in pig's tails and elementary school. Yeah, oh. you know, well,
1: I was very young then. <laughs>
0: we all were we all were but
1: that was that was fun the general wanted to go to scotland and we said that sounds like a great place for a training flight sir and so we got in the airplane and loaded up the Um, general and his golf clubs and his aide and his golf clubs and my co-pilot and i put our golf clubs in there and you know, nowadays we'd be standing in front of some congressional investigation <laughs> yes, you, you did what? <laughs> yeah. With Uncle Sam's money? It was a training flight,
0: okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but didn't golf have something to do with that training? Yeah, well, you know, yeah, whatever. yeah I don't know. Well, maybe we should take a break on that one. I'm looking at the clock thinking that's a good one. Well, We'll just stop on that note and let okay. everybody think about Fair that. And I'll
1: <laughs> sneak out here before the, uh, yeah. Yeah. before the military police come through yeah. the door and arrest me.
0: <laughs> I think the statute will has passed on that one yeah anyway well we're going to be back after this break and we're going to talk about something else I don't know what but we'll think of it during the break I'm Heather Stark and you're listening to Valley Talk on Valley 104.9 FM you're alone in the car you don't know why you're just not sure there was something up there something out there you heard it you saw the eyes the radio was on It was
1: Desert Oracle Radio on Valley 104.9 Community Radio, Sundays at 8 p.m. Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Check out the best in Roots music, Americana, blues, bluegrass, newgrass, acoustic and electric folk, and some good old rock and roll on Roots and Riffs with your host, Tom B. Join me every Monday evening from 7 to 9 p.m. for an all-killer, no-filler trip across the musical map. That's Roots and Riffs, Mondays from 7 to 9 p.m. on Valley 104.9. Lately,
0: I've been told There's no song in my soul Welcome back to Valley Talk. I'm Heather Stark, your host, and with me is Jay Fisk, who is, are you a co-host, a guest? What are we calling you?
1: You can call me whatever you want.
0: You know, my father used to say that. You can call me anything you want as long as you don't call me late for dinner. Right, exactly. Yeah.
1: I think I can call, today you can say co-host. Okay. Uh, or guest.
0: Or we could shorten it and say coast. A coast. Yeah. What <laughs> 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 a apostrophe there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that got me in the trouble on the radio once. When I was reporting the macaw whale hunt, I'll let you figure out why I got in trouble over that
1: one, <laughs> you know. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about, uh, uh, we, we've, we've talked about fundraising. We've talked about vacations. We should really lighten it up.
0: Oh, you want to go light if, now? Let's go light now okay. and talk about All something
1: right. light. Why don't we well, talk about killing wolves?
0: Oh, I was going to say, we could go for a topic that everybody's going to be in favor of, and there will be no controversy.
1: Yeah, let's like do that. Like killing wolves. Yeah, sure, <laughs> okay. that'd be great. Because I know everybody will be exactly on the same yeah, page Remember,
0: on that one. that's j.fisk <laughs> at valley1049.org. Okay, Two based dots. on popular demand here by Jay Fisk, I pulled an article, and most people have, have read about this over the last few weeks, that there is a wolf pack in eastern Washington that has been killing livestock, and it's from the Old Profanity Wolf Pack. And it said uh, the the s- state and national guys say that they are responsible for nearly 30, oh. they call it, depredations in the past year. I think that's a fancy word for killing. Yeah. Um, and um, so finally they got permission and they got in a helicopter or an airplane and they mm-hmm. shot them. They shot four of them, I believe. Yeah, four members. And the problem with that is, and of course that's controversial because there are all these people who think the wolves should be protected and that they're fine and, you know, that that it's, you know, I guess cows and sheep are...
1: Unless it's your herd that's being affected.
0: Well, I guess, you know.
1: Then you probably are okay with those wolves. That's the
0: being... thing about all of this stuff. You know, people who don't... No. I mean, whether it's farm or whatever, Mm -hmm. people who don't know what it's like and what these folks are living with. Mm -hmm. You you see that with the water decisions. You see that with the lifestyle, you know, you see that with urban Seattle making decisions about rural and unincorporated King County. If they get to make the decision and yet they know nothing about what it's like to live with that. So okay. that's my that's my pep. Give me my soapbox.
1: Okay. So is our show over now? Or are we done? Are <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> oh, we're okay. just getting started. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you, hey,
0: you you let the fire, okay? Yeah. Um, but here's the glitch because now there is a new Ferry County wolf pack that has killed three livestock members All right. over the last week. So now the question is, is are we just going to like have hunters and helicopters going around plugging these wolves? Are we, so, what are we going to do about this? So
1: one of the, one of the reasons why hunting exists, uh, two reasons why hunting exists. Uh, one is because people eat the meat mm-hmm. and the other is for conservation. You thin a herd yes, and the herd flourishes more, mm-hmm. which is why there's elk hunting and deer hunting and.
0: Yeah, we see that a lot with deer. I mean, deer that become overpopulated well, just become, they become overpopulated. emaciated and sickly and that, That's right. They diseased. become
1: overpopulated in areas where there's no hunting allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the reason hunting is permitted and actually encouraged is to keep the herd thin enough so that the remaining herd can survive and thrive, right? Mm-hmm. And as a byproduct, the hunters get to, you know, Eat the meat, so it's not a ba- it's not a bad thing. So when you move that to killing wolves,
0: mm-hmm. nobody eats wolves. Though. No one
1: eats wolf meat. Yeah. Not at least none that I'm aware of. And you're you're not thinning the wolf um, pack to preserve the wolves. Mm-hmm. You're thinning the wolf pack to preserve the, the cows. Yeah. So it's well, a, the livestock the yeah. livestock. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a little different situation. Mm-hmm. So I could see why that would be emotional for people that think, well, why do you need to do that? You know, the wolves are. I mean, the wolves aren't bothering anybody except the except the livestock, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, and they look like my dog.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they're know? cute,
1: and they're cute, and you yeah. know, if they weren't wild, I'd probably would would rescue one from mm-hmm. an animal shelter, you know, and bring them home. Yeah. Because they look like a husky or whatever. Um, So I get that, you know, but at the same time, you've got to also look at the value of maintaining the herds, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the livestock, um, that that's providing food that's providing, um, uh, you know, work Mm -hmm. for, for employees of the, of the ranch. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it, there's a positive benefit to, to the livestock and the livestock, being thinned by the by the wolves is not a good thing. Well, so it's a little different situation than than traditional hunting.
0: But there's also the factor of are we doing the wolves a favor? Cuz the wolves, I mean, let's face it, domesticated animals are easy pickings. Yeah. They're easy pickings. They've lost the I know I raised sheep for years, and a sheep will just cower in the corner and wait for the dog to kill it. Right. Um and or the coyote or the wolf, you know, they'll they'll just sit there. They've lost that over the millennia of of, you know, Yeah husbandry have have lost that instinct to be competitive you know out in in nature and so you've got these animals that have pretty much lost their instincts to for self-preservation you've got them confined in fences now the wolves might be able to dig under or go over but a cow isn't going to be able to do that so you've got them in confined spaces and now you've got these wild animals that should be out part of the wild nature thing who found out that it's a lot easier to get your steak on the hoof when it's already fenced up and cowering? So now, are we doing those wolves a favor by just letting them do that, or are we then affecting the wolf pack and their nature by basically giving them takeout food instead of making? Yeah, them by, hunt?
1: My, by not making it difficult for them yeah. to for them to find their food, or making it too easy for them. Yeah. Um, by thinning, by thinning the pack, mm-hmm. you make it more competitive for the remaining walls. Yeah. They have to work a little bit harder.
0: I was talking to sure somebody the them. the other day and she's she stopped her dog from killing a rabbit. A rabbit came into her yard and her her dog was going yeah. and she went berserk and so she like squirted the rabbit with the hose or was squirted the dog with the hose mm-hmm. and everything and and made the dog, you know, not kill the rabbit. Yeah. I I kind of went. You know, rabbits are kind of like nature's smorgasbord. You know, I mean, they're 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 kind of their whole purpose, really, is yeah. to be lunch for something. <laughs> she yeah. thought I was terrible. I was a terrible human being and heartless. But I mean, rabbits. I mean, gee, Luke, yeah. there's yeah, millions of them. They're
1: sort of they're sort of designed for
0: for lunch for, for,
1: for prey. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, that's why they were kind of like invented. I think. So yeah. I don't know about the wolves I don't know how I feel about that yeah, I do
1: that mixed I truly have mixed emotions on them because yeah. they I, I, I kind of see both sides I see the I, I see the plight of the of the rancher yeah. and the, you know this is their livelihood and and besides being their livelihood it's also there's they're supplying into the food chain mm-hmm. you know now nah, of course this will be someone out there'll say yeah but i'm a vegetarian you shouldn't be eating yeah. i mean I most people that. are not however but uh, let's assume that you're not a vegetarian for just a moment and mm-hmm. you're not a member of peta for just a moment you probably eat meat okay mm-hmm. so now you've got um, the person who you know who raises the cattle or raises the mm-hmm. the livestock um, you know, they're part of the food chain so if they're if if the supply is being reduced the cost is going to go up, or the supply is going to mm-hmm. be, you know, thinned, and you'll. Yeah. So that's one. The other is, yeah, but the wolves aren't buying anybody. They're doing what's natural. You know, their mm-hmm. their, their their instinct is to hunt and kill. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a tough. Uh, but isn't
0: their instinct to hunt and kill? Well, like I said, they'll go for what's easy. We all yeah, do everything. Really sure. Every living yeah. thing will go for what's easy. You know, yeah. I imagine a Biba even go for what's easy. Yeah. Um, but the nature of that whole you know hunt kill cycle is to make it hard i mean they have to work for it yeah and if they're getting lunch on the hoof when it's already lined up in the in the box and all they have to do is go over the box and grab grab the yeah you don't the hamburger. Want,
1: you, you don't want to be the slow sheep
0: yeah. <laughs> that's like that joke about the guys with yeah. the
1: bear. Yeah, with the bear, right? Yeah, yeah, it goes on right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. So what, what is it about? I, I don't have to outrun the bear. I yeah, just exactly have to outrun right. you. Why are
1: you putting on your running shoes? I don't have to outrun the bear. I have to outrun you, right? Yeah. yeah no, that's exactly yeah. right. So you don't want to be the slow sheep out yeah. there. But I. I
0: well, the other thing, issue too, is, you know, what obligation do we have to people's livelihood? I think as we become more and more urbanized, yeah. we tend to forget. Uh, you know what it means to be a farmer and what you know somehow or other we think everything grew up in the grocery store and was you know persuaded to sacrifice its life um, you know (laughs) uh, just on of its own free will you know so that we would have chicken to eat or whatever I I think we lose sight of the fact that you know something dies something gets eaten something you know Um, and we also I think lose track of the fact that we need farmers, we need livestock we yeah. need this stuff. we could create programs and in fact, again, as a sheep farmer, 25, 30 years ago, we did have programs in this country or in this state anyway where if you you know if you had animals that came in and, and uh, like a neighborhood dogs or whatever right. and killed your livestock, there was a program that you could apply to for some compensate kind of like the victims' compensation fund. Right. Well, that's gone now because how many farmers do we have how many sheep breeders do we have well, you know the so answer is,
1: is to let is to and i don't know if it's against the law to shoot uh wolves on your own property mm-hmm. but maybe the answer is just say it's if you find a predator on your property it's okay to shoot them period kind of
0: like this what, what, what do they call that when somebody breaks into your house the the stand you stand your ground. Stand we your did, ground. We, yeah, we only stand with Stand your ground
1: for the for, for the rancher. Yeah. You know, yeah. If predator gets on your property, you know, um, you are you're well. You know, you are allowed to protect your livestock.
0: Well, and that's how it used period. to be, but so. I don't know if it still would be. Yeah. You know, I mean, when uh, when I lost, I lost forty sheep one year because of neighborhood dogs. Really? Mm-hmm. I lost one sheep, in all of my years of sheep sheep husbandry, I lost one sheep to a coyote. I didn't resent it because they kill it, they eat it, they bring it down by the throat so it's a quick kill, and then they keep eating it for like two weeks. They'll come back, you know, and get it. Dogs kill for fun, and they'll chase and chew out the rear end until the sheep goes down and dies a horrible, awful death. So dogs are killing for fun, and yet, and, and you know, I 40 sheep I lost. Wow. You know, 40 sheep. And All from
1: dogs. All
0: from dogs. And you can tell the difference. People who don't know go, oh, no, it was a wild animal. And no, it wasn't. Yeah. Because the wild animals kill by going for the throat, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember talking to the sheriff at that time. And he said, practice the three S's. Shoot, shovel, and shut up. Yeah. But you can't do that anymore. And I wouldn't do it anyway. And I like to shoot. I like target practicing. And, and I'm pretty yeah. good at it. But a 22 rifle bullet can can travel for a mile. Yeah. You know, I mean, all you have to do is trip when you pull that trigger and yeah. who knows where that bolt's yeah, going to end, end up. it's going to end up somewhere. Yeah, so I I wouldn't in good conscience yeah. do that anyway. But I don't know. The, you know, I think that... Here here we go with my, my grand summation of the social condition here. Okay, you're smiling already. You're, he's already laughing. He's already laughing. But seriously, I think too many of us get to make a decision about something we know nothing about.
1: Yeah, kind of like people that are... Wanting to, I don't know, restrict the Second Amendment.
0: Oh, oh, you're going to go there. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh.
1: <laughs> People making decisions that they know nothing about. Uh, yes, we need one more one more uh, gun law because, as we know, criminals are really good about following all the existing yes. gun laws. <laughs> yes, you know. Uh, well, yeah. I, I would like to just once, before a law is passed, I would like to study done If this law had been enacted five years ago, which of the crimes in the last five years would that law have prevented? And if they can cite chapter and verse of all the different Crimes that would have been prevented mm. by that law, then they get to institute the law. If they can't show the. But the that's not how we is, do
0: things. No, we, we shoot from the hip, we, pardon we, that pun. We
1: look for, uh, you know, feel good. It, yeah. Okay, we did something. And we you have gotta absolutely do no, we
0: as a culture have absolutely no concern about yeah. unintended consequences. Doesn't even yeah. cross our minds, whether it's the banking bills right. or gun control. It, it, it has, it does not even factor in, yeah. in into our thinking. That there are unintended consequences. There always are, you know, there and that it could make things worse. And you know, one of my pet peeves—go ahead and laugh at me again. One of my pet pet peeves is this: this whole this saying. Well, we have to do something. Right. No, right. Do wait until you can do something that's really useful. You know
1: what doing something is like? It's like coming home, and you have a pipe that's leaking, and your kitchen is filling up with water because there's a pipe leaking from under your kitchen sink so what do you do you go and get a mop and you start mopping up the water instead of fixing the leak first yeah. mm-hmm. what are you doing well i'm you got to do something Something,
0: yes <laughs> well
1: yeah but you mm. haven't fixed the pipe yeah so you know why don't you fix the pipe and then then clean up the kitchen yeah. or worse well i want you do this why don't you just shine the countertops <laughs> you know, that's in the kitchen. Or too. open
0: the door so that the excess water can run yeah, right. out, And water and, the plants. And,
1: and, I, and unfortunately, I think a lot of times we people say we well, have to do something, and so they do something that feels good. They don't do something that's practical. Yeah. And you know, it, it's been horrible. All these recent shootings, terrible. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, I I'm trying to think of what law over the last two months, three months between. You know the garlic festival down in Gilroy, and the, and the, um, I'm trying to remember all the shootings we the shootings we had recently. That, but um, which which of those would have been prevented? None of them. I don't regardless think so. of whatever law there yeah. you you pass today, mm-hmm. even if it was retroactive. Yeah, those still would have occurred, or or people would have found, found a different way. You know.
0: It's a puzzler though, so, because I mean obviously these things are horrible, yeah. they're difficult, they're tragic. I mean and everybody wants to do something. So, right. you know, I don't know. I don't know. Greater minds than mine hopefully will tackle
1: these. We need we need to replace feel good with do good.
0: Ooh, I like that. Right? So if if it's so you're you're doing like, something
1: that feels good, change that to to something that does good. Yeah. And then Yeah. Oh, that's a whole
0: other show. show. We'll have to come back. Next time we get together, we'll talk about the...
1: Okay, feel good or do good.
0: Feel good versus do good. I like that. Well, you know what? Tune in. You're going to be so disappointed because I'm looking at the clock and I'm going... I'm feeling pretty good because we're at the end of our time slot. Oh,
1: no. We were just getting started.
0: I know. Well, you were. Remember, that's (laughs) (laughs) j.fisk at (laughs) valley1049.org. So all complaints can go right to him. (laughs) Hey, we've had some fun. And we hope you've enjoyed our conversation. And uh, feel free to email us, really, seriously, heather.stark at valley1049.org. Don't forget to put October 6th on your calendar. That's our second annual fundraising auction, and we have a good time. We enjoy that. So October 6th, and go to the website, uh, valley1049.org, and tickets should be available there any any minute now. So that's it. That's our show for this week. Please join us again next week. And thank you very much, Jay Fisk, for joining me. Thank you. And uh, always a a fun time to have you here and to join me. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Valley Talk right here on Valley 104.9 FM.